Hey, welcome to the Push Pull Sales and Marketing Podcast. I'm Marcello. And I'm Sherry. And each episode will provide you with sales and marketing strategies that you can implement immediately into your own business. All right. So, welcoming to the show, we have Brandon Bruce, who is the uh, co founder and COO of Cirrus Insight. Uh, and what they offer is a uh, Gmail and also uh, Outlook um, uh, plugin, which basically uh, offers sales reps the ability to save time, it offers tracking templates. Uh, meeting schedule, uh, you have meeting scheduling, follow-up reminders, and all that good stuff. And it also uh, links uh, directly with Salesforce.com, one of the largest uh, CRMs uh, out there, if not the largest. So, Brandon, welcome to welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely appreciate have, having you on board. So, so first off, for people who aren't familiar with you, if you can kind of tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, what are you actually into, and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm a small town kid from California. Uh, grew up in a place called Los Olivos, California, population 800. So uh, my grade school, I was uh, either number one or number two in a class of two. And nice. Uh, yeah, nice. from there went on to, to UC Santa Barbara, one of the first six campuses on the uh, DARPA net, the predecessor to the internet. So while I was there, started to get really into uh, you know software and the emerging internet. This was late 90s, so things were really exciting. The big dot-com boom and bust. Uh, and it was there that I met my future co-founder, Ryan Huff, who's the, the architect and, you know, lead product designer and developer for Cirrus Insight. So, you know, fast forward from there, uh, Ryan and the dev team for Cirrus Insight are based in Irvine, California. I subsequently moved from California out to D.C. And now I live in Knoxville, Tennessee, where it is a balmy 75 degrees, which is pretty amazing for wintertime out here. Yeah. Uh, and so we run sales marketing operations uh, from here in Knoxville, which we found to be a, a, a great city to do business. So we've been in the game about six years. We, Cirrus Insight was the first application to market that connected Gmail with Salesforce. So really our thesis back in 2011 was Salesforce is growing fast. Uh, a lot of sales teams use it, more coming on board every day. And Gmail, while mostly at the time a B to C application, right? Starting to make more and more inroads around that time to serving, uh, especially SMBs, small businesses, but increasingly some large, you know, mid market and even enterprise companies back then, and they've continued to grow into that space. So we launched Cirrus Insight to connect Gmail with Salesforce, like you said, make it easy for people to sync email and calendar events to Salesforce, but also, <clears throat> you know, really boost their productivity in the inbox. So you want to see when someone's opening the email that you sent to them. Uh, did they open the attachment you sent? Make it easy for them to schedule a meeting with you. So it's really a productivity uh, suite, a time-saving suite, if you will, uh, for those that are customer-facing. Gotcha. So, and, and, and to clarify, so basically you went to school over in California, and this is the first thing you did right out of college? No. So, that yeah, we, we, we finished college a long time ago. So I graduated UC Santa Barbara in 99. Okay. And, and from there, did a lot of different things. Most of my work history has been with nonprofit organizations. Uh, as a volunteer board member and a staff. Um, and so I did work with California Coalition for Youth, National Network for Youth. Uh, when we moved down here uh, to Knoxville, specifically Maryville, Tennessee, for my wife, who's a professor um, of sociology at Maryville College, I worked at Maryville doing uh, fundraising, so frontline fundraising for about three years. And that, mm -hmm. that's really, uh, that was really an important time, I think, for me because I really started to learn the craft of sales. Yeah. Um, you know, that was my first introduction because people say, oh, well, that's, 
as fundraising. And in, in fact, nonprofits in higher ed usually uh, have euphemisms for sales. They don't say, well, I'm coming to sell you. They'll say, we're doing development. Nice. Developing the organization. Or my favorite was advancement. We're advancing. Um, it, it's sales, right? You're sitting in somebody's living room saying, hey, this is a great opportunity to provide a scholarship to a future student like the one that you received 50 years ago. Or here's an opportunity to put your name uh, on, a, on a building uh, that we're building on campus. And here's why this building's going to be special and it's going to last for a long time. It's going to make a huge impact. So it's, it's, it is a little bit different than selling that, that tangible product or you know, a, a service. Um, but the sales techniques and how you approach people and how you connect with folks and develop that rapport, I think is very similar to what we try to do now. Oh. So yeah, had all that experience and then, and then got into the software game about six years ago. Hmm. Very interesting. So random question, I ask everybody this question. So when you're not uh, helping integrate uh, Salesforce with Gmail, Salesforce with Outlook, what do you like to do for fun? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty fun. Uh, the, things, <laughs> the things I really enjoy, uh, it, really anything outside. So okay. my kids are six and eight. Uh, so we go play outside. We go camping. We go hiking, take them fishing, et cetera. Uh, I love all that stuff. Knoxville's a great city for that. We're close to the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Uh, so a little piece of local trivia. Um, the most visited national park in the United States. Uh, hmm. So people would guess that it's you know probably Yosemite or Yellowstone, which are both awesome parks. Um, but it's the most visited one in, in, in large part because it's near population center, but also it's free. Um, so we get outside a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a, I like the endurance sports. So I like the grind. So I do some long distance cycling, and I've done that for years. Uh, run marathons, stuff like that. Really, any, any excuse to stay outside for a long period of time, I'm pretty into. Awesome, awesome, very cool, very cool. So, so, so basically, if someone has never heard of Cirrus before, or if I have some kind of actual like familiarity with with the product and with the service, what are the most common questions you hear every day? What are the most common questions that that your actual salespeople hear every day, day in and day out? Well, it's interesting when when we launched, and many of these things are still true today. When we launched, the application really did two primary things. One is when you're inside your inbox and you receive an email from somebody, it would immediately answer the question, do I know this person already? In other words, you may not know them personally, but it, does this person exist in your Salesforce org? Are they a lead or a customer? What history do they have with you or your team or your organization? Everything about them in a nice little side panel inside of the inbox. Uh, same for when you're composing a message to somebody. So you get ready to compose, you put in their email address, we search Salesforce and we say, this is everything you might want to know about this person. And that way you can work faster. You're staying in the inbox and you don't have to jump back and forth and interrupt your workflow by going from inbox to CRM, back to inbox, back to CRM, et cetera. So that was you know, kind of the number one thing we did was this instant, instant customer intelligence, account intelligence. And number two was we got data on behalf of our end users, salespeople into Salesforce. So, uh, uh, as all of us that are in sales know, we, we enjoy the relationships. We don't particularly like doing uh, manual data entry. We mm -hmm. don't like tasks that, that track all the things that we're doing in sales. We just like to do the sales. So as far as uh, you know, tracking, here are the emails that I've sent and here are the emails I've received from a customer. Here are the meetings that I've had. Here are the ones that didn't work out. Uh, here's the stage of that opportunity. Here are the open cases. We make it easy for people to sync that data automatically into Salesforce. So you want to move an opportunity stage rather than having to go through a 12-step process after you log into Salesforce. You just do it straight from your inbox. Uh, it used to be we'd just do that for Gmail users. 
Now we do it for Office 365 and Outlook users, and we have some mobile apps to do it also. So, you know, those were really at the beginning the two primary value propositions that we presented to our customers, and those are still big ones. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, getting the data out of the CRM so that you can use it out in the wild where you do work, and most of us spend several hours, if not more, per day in the inbox and calendar, and then getting the data to flow from those customer-facing platforms, uh, your inbox and calendar, into Salesforce so that you can track them over time and hopefully get smarter and sell more effectively and efficiently. Uh, it's a, probably important also to point out, because uh, you'll have listeners that, that don't use Salesforce, uh, there's mm -hmm. lots of CRMs, lots of us do sales and keep track of it with a pen and a pad or a spreadsheet, uh, mm -hmm. which is still the world's number one CRM, it's probably still Excel, uh, that we do, Serious Insight does have an application that lives in the inbox that has just the productivity suite that doesn't have to connect with Salesforce on the back end. So you want to track your emails so you know when people open them, where they are when they open them, how often they open them. Uh, you want to use templates so you don't have to rewrite the same email over and over again. Or you want to set up those email uh, you know, nourishment or drip campaigns, as people call them over time. So day one, send this email, wait three days, then make a phone call, then connect on LinkedIn, then send these next three emails over the next three weeks. You can kind of program in your winning sales playbook, and we'll send those messages out through your account so that they have really high deliverability and open rates uh, versus third-party platforms and get in front of a lot of people. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, 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 so one question then, and, and you would have the data to kind of, kind of support that. Again, you mentioned, you know, you think Gmail, that's just more of a consumer tool. How many businesses now utilize Gmail versus how many are actually utilizing Outlook? And then a follow-up question to that is because obviously, you know, integrating with Gmail a lot of times is probably easier than actually integrating with Outlook. How do you how do you manage that? So one one question is is what is the actual split for businesses now that think, use uh, Gmail? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I don't know the exact split. I know that Microsoft still has the lion's share of the email market when mm -hmm. it comes to Outlook, uh, especially as the organization gets larger. So you get into the mid-market, the enterprise, the percentage that Microsoft controls is still a super majority sure. of accounts, um, which is not to minimize the fact that Google has a lot of big customers, uh, and we're lucky to be able to serve some of them that are some of Google's largest enterprise customers. Um, on the SMB side, that, that number starts to flip. I mean, if you're a new company just starting out, I'd say there's a pretty high chance, there's an odds-on chance that you're going to go with G Suite. Um, People are used to using it. They've used it, you know, through high school and college. So it's a platform they're familiar with. And it's mm -hmm. pretty easy and very, very low cost to turn that on. And so for, you know, uh, new startups, for, you know, fast-moving, uh, innovative companies that have a relatively young workforce that are used to using G Suite, those companies are on that. Uh, to your point, our architecture is, is a, a Chrome extension and a Firefox add-on for, for Gmail users. Mm -hmm. and. Those we can iterate on very, very quickly. Um, you know, I think it's fair to say over the course of six years, we've seen we've seen a lot of stuff get thrown at us. Right, Gmail changed its whole interface several years ago, so we had to hustle to get uh, get compliant with their new design, like everyone else that makes Gmail extensions had to do. Mm -hmm. um, Outlook, on the other hand, is different because it's installed software on the machine. Um, we make two different brands of Outlook integration. One is an installed plugin that goes on the machine and connects with Outlook 2010 or above mm -hmm. um, and puts the side panel in just like we do for Gmail. 
but the world is moving toward that 100% cloud backend architecture. So for customers that use Office 365 in the backend, we make a cloud add-in that when you uh, plug it in, you can send it out to one user, you send it out to a thousand users, takes the same amount of time. Um, then it shows up inside Outlook in a pre-designated area that Microsoft has defined for add-ins. Um, so that's the more uh, scalable and future-forward um, architecture. And, and Google's also pursuing that on their side with some of their, their new architecture. So sure. um, for now, that's still definitely a big part for us and for anybody that makes an email integration uh, or a browser integration of any type is, uh, you know, you got to be on the ball to make sure that the software will keep working when Outlook, uh, when your Outlook administrator sends out a service pack. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, that's part of the hustle. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let me ask you this. So in terms of like case studies and stuff like that, so let's just say I'm a sales manager. I have about 15 to 20 salespeople. I mean, what kind of hard data do you have or what kind of like, you know, stories do you have to show in terms of increased actual like productivity? Like, do you like have, hey, if you use this service here, you're going to save an average of three hours per week per sales rep? I mean, do you have numbers like that? We do. And some of them for those for those types of numbers, as you can imagine, it's very dependent on the type of sale and the sales process that's unique to that organization. So, sure. you know, I'll give you, uh, you know, extreme examples. On the one hand, you've got uh, logistics companies that are doing uh, thousands of deliveries per day. These are, you know, quick opportunities, right? Fast turnaround, fast open, fast close. Uh, on the flip side, you know, we've talked with, uh, with companies that are making, you know, fighter jets for the military. It, they're closing a sale every 10 years. Um, so you know, long sale cycle, cause that's how long it takes for the Pentagon to approve stuff. So depending on that type of customer, yeah, you can sort of apples to apples. So when we have a customer that does, that's in the tech business versus higher ed versus nonprofit, we now have a large enough customer base with over 5,000 logos that we can say, we've got a customer that's pretty similar to you. Uh, and, and to your example, by size, they may not be in your same industry, but they have a similar number of users and work in a similar way mm -hmm. uh, and or similar by industry. You're in construction. Oh, we also have another construction company we work with. This is how they use it. You'll probably want to use it in a similar way. Um, and certainly by geography. So we've got a lot of customers across, uh, obviously, United States, North America, but some of our largest customers are also in Australia and Western Europe. And so we can say, and, and, and a number in Latin America, increasing number there. So we can say, yes, our application is available in French. So if you're also in France and, and, and your workforce is primarily Francophile, then they're going to be able to uh, consume the data that we're presenting to them in their native language, which is important. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, finding those commonalities among customers, I think, uh, you know, interestingly, if you go across a lot of software as a service websites, you're going to see a lot of the same logos. This is not surprising, right? So if you're a, if you're a big tech company, you're out there trying almost every application just to see what'll work well. So, you, you know, you see the big company's logos on everybody's website as sort of being a quote unquote logo customers or case study customers. Mm -hmm. I think though, uh, all of us have become a little bit desensitized to that, you know, to see that, you know, some huge company uses this software uh, to us isn't that important because we're still a small company. So we're really looking for an apples to apples. Hey, is there a company that's like us? Uh, because, they're also B2B software as a service, or they have about you know, 50 to 75 employees. And then if that vendor is then pitching us and saying, yeah, we, we serve you know, companies that look like you for the following three reasons, 
that that we find to be really persuasive. Yeah, absolutely. So so and again, th- there are other services that again CRMs that actually try to track emails, whatever. Again, you kind of have standalone services and stuff like that. And I even think I think Salesforce tried it, and I'm not sure how well that actually worked out. So so basically, my question is is what kind of sets you apart from some of your competitors? So again, like, well, I'm kind of looking at you know seeing, and then again, that's valuable insight to know not only when your customer email read, read your email, where they where they read it. Um, so so like physically, is this a person that's traveling, and then how often they look at it? Like, and that you have a fairly decent insight, you know, in, into that. So let me ask you for your service, what kind, what would set that apart from some of the competitors or some of the other people in this space? So the so the two main things that I would highlight uh, that we find are persuasive in our calls with customers that are differentiators. Number one is the depth of our integration with Salesforce. So so if you're a Salesforce customer and you want uh, your inbox and calendar integration to work with exactly how your Salesforce org is set up. So and these are terms of art that are unique to Salesforce: custom objects, record types, dependent pick lists all the profile and permission sets you've set up for your users. That's stuff that, and this is credit to my co-founder, Ryan, because he's the Salesforce expert. This Serious Insight works with all that out of the box and is very good at that because we've been doing it the longest. Um, so that's an area where it, it has been starting six years ago and is still today a, a primary differentiator for us so that we can go into organizations that are very complex, that have really customized Salesforce to suit their workflow, their workforce, their sales process, their playbooks, and we can say, yes, our software will, A, mirror that so your users can have that same experience that you want them to have uh, in the inbox and the calendar, and it will augment it, right? We're going to send in data in a way, in a structure, and in a timing that will connect with their workflow, and, that, and that's what makes it powerful is to connect it all up together so that it's seamless. Gotcha. The other thing that I'll say on the, on the productivity side, there are thousands of sales enablement, quote unquote, you know, sales acceleration applications out on the market today. That's a, that's a good thing for a consumer on the one hand, because mm-hmm. a lot of competition and there's lots of options. Uh, the negative part is there's a lot of options. It can be overwhelming to go shopping right now. What are you going to do? Trial a thousand different apps to try to figure out which ones to use. And then the real headache and, and we're, and, and we're a customer of a lot of, of, of sales tech and a lot of apps is how do you get all of it to work together so that it doesn't constantly break down and you're not spending all your time figuring out integration. So the differentiator there for us is, you know, what we've been working to build over the past several years, and it's an ongoing process and we keep adding more and more to it every month and every year, is really an end-to-end sales stack. So you want to do some prospecting? We've built that into Cirrus Insight, right, with partnerships to Inside View and Full Contact and others. Uh, you want to create those as new leads and contacts and update opportunities in cases, et cetera, in Salesforce? Yes, we've always done that. We're really good at that. You want to schedule meetings with the customers in the easiest possible way by embedding your calendar availability into an email so that your customer can just click the link and schedule with you. Or you can send them a link to your online calendar that shows your free busy information so that they can schedule a meeting with you in a click. We do that too. Um, you want to have that meeting and then update the calendar event so that it syncs to the right fields in Salesforce. We've got you covered. You want to send them a proposal. We acquired a company at the end of last year called Attach, so you can upload all your approved sales collateral, your proposals, your slide decks, uh, your marketing slicks, even your contracts, 
and this platform, send them out for open the proposal, did they spend a lot of time on it, did they make it from page one through page 10, uh, and we even have some digital signature integration, so you can even get the contract you know, signed, fully closed one, and then update Salesforce. So from you know, cradle to grave, if you will, from inception of new prospect, all the way to you know, drip campaigns, to nurture that relationship, to scheduling a meeting, having a meeting, follow-up proposal, and getting a signed contract, Seriousness, I can take you through that full sales process, whereas frequently you would need two, three, four, five apps kind of stitched together to achieve the same result, uh, with the risk being that the apps don't talk to each other necessarily. And right. So that's a lot of platforms to try to onboard your team with, whereas you could just choose one one piece of software and it's a it's a it's a catch all. Exactly, because again, like that's that's probably the most frustrating. Again, you talk about a small to mid sized business. I mean, when, when you're dealing with that and your outlook isn't working because you're trying to get some kind of integration or something like that, and it's like the whole reason why we did this was actually to go ahead and save time. But if Outlook keeps crashing, or if this integration actually isn't working, or if I again, if I have to go back and forth, I mean, the, 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 obviously you know, you want to keep them in the inbox, you want to keep them on the phone as much as possible. Cause then, you know, like, like that's obviously like where deals are made. Now, one thing you said is you actually, you acquired another company to another part of Cirrus. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. We've done that twice. Okay. So, and again, and this is, this is just morbid curiosity then. So, so is the goal then to, to keep Cirrus, like, cause you kind of mentioned that you're actually a smaller company, like to kind of keep things like in terms of your pocket, or do you feel like you might you, where, 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 where you might try like to join another organization or, or basically just kind of grow it at that point. Like, where, do you see Sears as a standalone thing? Do you see bigger part partnerships down the road? Like, where do you see that going? It's a great question. It's always uh, always hard to read the tea leaves from a strategic standpoint. You know, uh, we and I have taken a lead role in this. Have have looked out at the market and tried to figure out. You know, what are we experts at internally? What do we feel like we do really well and can take the market? You know, fully baked. Mm-hmm. And what are areas where, uh, if we could acquire it, it would plug in really nicely, fill a gap in what we're trying to take to market. And it's already been built, right? It's already got great architecture. It's already got users on the platform. So in, in, in two examples, we acquired a company called Assistant.2, which okay. does the uh, it's scheduling software. Um, so you can schedule meetings with your customers and prospects. You make it really easy for them to say yes uh, to a meeting. And so we acquired that. It still runs as its own uh, separate extension for a pretty big user base. But then also we've built in uh, the functionality from that application into the core Cirrus Insights stack. And similarly with Attach, uh, you can use it as a standalone service, but it gets a lot more powerful when you know you buy it as part of the larger Cirrus Insight because then it connects with your drip campaigns, which we call flight plans. So you can launch a flight where step three is send the, send the prospectus, send the slide deck, We'll automatically put that link in the slide deck and send it out to the prospect or the customer, you know, on day seven as you defined it in your playbook. Um, so th- that type of integration gets really interesting. I think there's still, you know, several pockets where we'll want to continue uh, to build internally. And then there's several opportunities, some of which we're vetting now. Uh, but I think there's opportunities, you know, to acquire and add to the Sears Insight stack. To your larger question, you know, will there be a time where, where yeah, the, the larger fish, if you will, then says, oh, you know, what would be great for our stack is to build Cirrus Insight into it. Uh, right. Maybe, maybe, uh, you know, never say never in software. Um, you know, a lot of the, the biggest and best platforms are really, if you trace back their history, you know, the combination of two, three, four, five 
uh, you know, significant companies together that created kind of that master platform that people can use as a system of record. So, yeah, I do think that's interesting for, for all of us that are in the sales enablement space. Um, sales is big, right? There's millions and millions of salespeople. So I think there's room for lots of us uh, to do well and to win. That said, I think there, it's also likely that there will be a level of consolidation uh, in the coming years because customers will develop a, a level of app fatigue where they don't want to buy 10 apps, they want to buy two. Um, and so it's finding the best two and going with those going forward. Well, yeah, I mean, because I mean, you, if you take a look at Salesforce, if you take a look at like the pipeline that like their CRM, like you look at the apps, look at the actual like connectivity, there's hundreds, if not thousands. And, yeah. you know, to go through and like, and again, like in the beginning when you're kind of like gung ho, like, all right, we have Salesforce, let's get, let's go and get the ball rolling here. You know, I'm not going to lose the data between sales rep to sales rep, whatever, whatever, whatever your business case is to, to kind of switch to that CRM. You know, you're right. Cause like how many integrations do I actually want to go through? I have to install this or like what other things do I have to do? How do I actually like set that up? Like you're absolutely right. Or even just actually searching through that. Um, I did want to ask. So again, in terms of like, in terms of like a case study or something like that, what would you say in terms of maybe a business or, or maybe, or maybe, you know, a company that you helped out with, uh, that you probably say that you're, that you're the most proud of in terms of like how Cirrus really like changed how they were doing business, how it like, how it improved how they were operating. What would you say you're most proud of? Yeah, th thankfully, there's a number of them. I'll, I'll, I'll mention two off the top. Uh, one is a major construction company, and we, we helped them, and, and they were in a hurry. So they came to us on a Friday and said, uh, here's what happened. Uh, we missed a bid, uh, which is to say they didn't miss the number on the bid. They missed submitting the bid because it was on a calendar that wasn't available to the wider team, and so they simply missed the deadline date. Um, so the CEO said, this isn't going to happen again. Uh, we're going to get all of the calendars synced. We're going to get the data into Salesforce so that we can report on it. So they came to us on a Friday and we had them, you know, syncing, uh, over hundred, 150 users, uh, you, you know, by that weekend. So Monday morning, when everyone came to the office, everyone was on the same page. Um, so that was a cool win because they had a very defined use case of, Hey, this can't happen again. And, and you know, why, why was that such a big deal? Well, you know, their average, uh, deal size was in the millions of dollars. We'll call it a million dollars. And, and their average win rate was like 20%, which is pretty high. So just taking those averages, you know, staying on the same page from a calendar perspective was like $200,000, uh, deal for that one bid that they missed. So it was an easy, you know, big ROI for them to get everybody on the same page. And it was a great, uh, customer for us to bring board. Another one that I can think of, and this kind of goes back to some of my, my higher ed background, we serve over 100 campuses that use uh, Cirrus Insight, oftentimes in the admissions office, sometimes also in, in the fundraising office, the advancement or development office. And so those are a lot of fun to work with because I know those use cases really well because uh, I lived it uh, personally. So, sure. you know, thinking of the schools we serve, like, uh, and I lived in D.C. for a while, so like University of Maryland and Georgetown and, and many others, it's fun to go and talk with those teams and see, you know, it's the, it's the daily things that they're doing to reach out to their alumni, reach out to their prospective students that, yeah, before Cirrus Insight, that activity maybe took 45 seconds, 75 seconds. With Cirrus Insight, maybe it takes five or 10 seconds. And so it's like, you know, when you frame it in seconds, it's like, oh, well, there's plenty of seconds. But if you do it two, 300 times a day, which is not unusual for a high volume salesperson to be transacting in the two, 300 emails a day, 
then it really adds up. Then you do, to your point, you get into your, you know, hours of savings, uh, per week. And that's, you know, that's meaningful. That's hours that you can put into your core business instead. Um, and it's also making it so that, you know, your key people, the folks doing the work aren't burning out doing the manual tasks. They're, they're focused on growing the business and also they're having more fun doing it because they've got time to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. So, so, so again, and, and you've kind of been doing sales and again, it's interesting to say like fundraising. Yeah, fundraising absolutely is sales. When I, when I worked for, um, for one of the largest, um, payroll and, and, and outsource providers out there, um, one of our best inside sales reps, he was doing fundraising for an actual school. And the main difference was it's like when I fundraise for a school, I do a good job and I, and I, and I, and I collect, I collect my salary and that's it. You get no commission ever, and it's probably equally as hard as it was to to kind of convince a business when you had a tangible ROI actually in place. So let me ask you, especially being in sales for so long, what do you feel like has changed? What do you feel like is used to work in the past that's maybe not working now? So what so 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 what's kind of evolved over the last couple of years here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I always start with the premise that um, that sales is hard. Right. I mean, I think all of us that have that have done it realize that it's, it's part art, it's part science. But at the end of the day, it's hard because uh, your customer, like you, has limited time, and so you you are at the outset, you know, you're going to interrupt their time a little bit, and then hopefully deliver just overwhelming value. But nevertheless, you got to get in the door, cultivate that relationship, make it happen. I think, you know, some of the things that I think used to work well five plus years ago, even three plus years ago that are working less well now, I think that it used to be a race to like who can build the biggest email list, right? Who has the most just leads in their system? And then it was a numbers game. Let's contact those folks over and over and a certain percentage will open, a certain percentage will, you know, click and a certain percentage of those will engage and so forth. Um, you know, I think that we're finding if you look at stats on like open rates being sent out by these you know huge marketing automation platforms, it's just going down. And the reason is, as with many things, it's because everyone's doing it now. So if you got early in the game, you were one of the few people sending out a lot of emails that you were winning. But now everyone's doing it. And so all of our inboxes are full of that. And so we just can't, we can't spare the time. You know, similarly, we're seeing that on the phone side where there's lots of phone calls being made, but there's not, there's not as many pickups happening um, because all of us are on cell phones. So you're rarely calling, you know, landlines anymore. And on the cell phone, you got caller ID for almost every call. And you're much more likely to be doing something and just send it to voicemail and then you know, see if you're interested. So it just means that from a strategy and tactic standpoint, you know, we have to think of ways, methods to get in touch with people that cut through, um, cut through the noise, right? Where's the signal in the noise? Uh, what's the special voicemail that will really resonate with the person that says, hey, what we do is going to be valuable to you and we share these things in common, et cetera. Have you really done that research? And that's hard. That's work. And same for emails, right? How do you yeah. craft a decent email that's not just a hook subject line, right? I can get uh, you to open an email if I use your first name and say, are you running late to a meeting? Like you're probably going to open that because you'll be like, whoops, I, I don't know. Am I running late to a meeting? I, I don't know if I know this person. But then when you open it, you're going to be disappointed because it's like, oh, this person tricked me into opening email. It's a bad way to start a relationship. So, you know, how do you yeah. send a legitimate one that's intriguing enough that when they open it, they'll be pleased they did because you there's some sort of payoff. There's some, you know, useful piece of information in there that they can take away or you've added some humor to their day or something. So, Anyway, all that's to say, um, you know, this is stuff that all of us think about all the time. If any of us had the 
the whiz bang solution, then all of us would then do that and we'd have to come up with another one. And I think, you know, that's part of the challenge, but also part of the fun of, of the game is that whatever we come up with 2018, that might work for a quarter or even a full year. It's not going to be the same in 2019 because everyone will do it and it'll go out of style or, or it just will stop working and we'll have to come up with something new. Um, but what does seem to be working very well that actually has worked for a couple of years now is just making it easy for the prospective customer to get what they want. Um, so if what they want is to you know, book time with you so that you'll show them your product or service, if you make that easy for them to book time with you, it'll probably work out pretty well. If it's hard, if they go, you know, fill out too many forms or, yeah, pick a date and you go back and forth by email like 30 times to try to find a good day and a good time to do it, um, that's hard and they're going to move away from that um, as we all do, right? If something gets hard, we're sort of like, is it really worth it? Do I really want to do it? So if it's easy for the customer, like our software, you can install it in two clicks, right? Easy browser extension install. If you want to meet with us, our calendars are on, are on the website. You just pick a time and we'll show up and you'll show up and we'll have a meeting. So we try to make some of those things just as dead simple uh, for people to do. So it takes kind of the pain as a transactional aspect of sales. Yeah. Now, one question is, do you have anything that would integrate um, text messaging? Because if you look, a lot more sales are getting away from the phone call itself. And yeah, you're right. It's going more digital to, to, toward email and actually toward text mail and, and text messages. Even in fact... Uh, a lot of customers now, if you call them, they don't even bother even set up an actual voicemail. <laughs> you just have to shoot them a text message. Do you have ways right. to integrate with that as well? Yeah. So in, in our in our flight plans, which are our drip campaigns, you can set up a step that says, hey, on this step, I want to send a text message to the person. And you can have that as a quote unquote call script. In this case, it would be a text script yeah. that then you could send off as a text message. The other thing is that we... We natively integrate with a lot of, if not most of the top apps that do text messaging. So if you use, if you are a Salesforce customer and you use one of those SMS apps in your org, then through Sirius Insight, we can bring that some of that functionality into the inbox. So if you want to add someone to a different text campaign or send them a you know, part of a text blast, assign them to a campaign, uh, then you can do that from the inbox, which saves you the time of going into Salesforce and doing the setup. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so, so right now, and again, just, just talking about the actual sales aspect to it, and especially in that actual IT and that software, and that software, software as a service space, how much of your sales reps activity is focused inbound versus maybe outbound where, you know, maybe you have, you know, like where, where they actually see on Salesforce, oh yeah, I see it's an actual plugin or something like that. Or I see that actual connectivity versus like your sales reps maybe coming out and actually, you know, approaching people. So, so, so what does that sales model look like for you? Is it an email blast and then see what kind of response you get? Is it more cold calling? Like how do you, how do you structure that for your own people internally? Yeah, for, uh, for us, we're certainly a majority inbound. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, having been in the market for six years, a lot of it is, is word of mouth. It's folks that have used us at one company and then take us to their next one, their next one, their next one. And we, we love those folks, right? Where we're like, okay, we're, you know, we're on with Sally and she's on her fourth company and she's implementing Serious Insight for her team there. That's awesome. Um, and we love that. So, you know, we see a lot of that or, or uh, you know, a, a, I heard from a friend at this company that they're using your application. I want to use it to get the same sort of results or our use case is a little different. Can you also do this? So there's a lot of the inbound um, but we also do, like you say, you know, uh, email campaigns, you know, out to leads that we meet at events and conferences. So we do a lot of user group meetings, um, you know, trade show events that are focused on sales, sales enablement. Um, 
increasingly marketing, right? So there's a there's a junk there's a junction happening, I think, between sales and marketing. Where uh, for many companies historically, those those two teams haven't had as close a relationship, and now because of where the technology is, they can they can coordinate on stuff and recycle marketing proof templates and content and collateral uh, in the sales team and sort of in, improve their whole organizational efficiency. Um, and we'll run some ad campaigns um, and do some of that outbound outreach. But but yeah, the lion's share is is inbound. Cool, cool, very cool. So if you if you had to give a recommendation, could be a book, could be an app, or or or, or could be a service, obviously excluding your own for our listeners, where would you point them, or what would you say like is really making a difference for you right now? I'll tell you, it's interesting, and I'm a person that loves to devour, uh, you know, business books, marketing books. I love anything by Seth Godin. I read his mm-hmm. blog uh, every morning, and, and I've read most of his books. And, and I just, uh, yeah, I think the fact that he writes a daily blog and every single day it's good uh, still amazes me. So I devour that. I think though, a lot of the stuff that I like that I like to read is is totally outside of, of business or sales or marketing. I think they're get away from the business, read something, and then you can apply it elsewhere. So. Uh, so one of the books I've read the most recently, which I love, uh, is called Tattoos on the Heart. Um, so it's by Father Greg Boyle, who is the founder of Homeboy Industries in Los Angeles. Huh. And, you know, the real focus of his book, if you were to sum it up in, the, in a one word elevator pitch, it's kinship. Right. How do we get to a point of kinship uh, with our fellow human beings? How do we form that, that kind of community, that kind of relationship with other people? And, you know, what's interesting about his work and his organization's work and what he talks about in the book is how applicable that is. So, you know, the, 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 the risk is, and we have to make sales, right. To keep the lights on and keep the organization healthy. And we all know that. Uh, but the risk is if we get over-focused on just the number and, and forget even for a short time that it's a customer there and, and the customer means there's a person there, uh, who we want and need to have a relationship with and at best really establish a level of kinship. So that they feel like we're in the game with them and vice versa, that they're in with us, that our you know, two organizations are intertwined. There's a personal relationship, but we also know that what we're doing is the best thing for their company and the best thing for our company. Um, that's a great situation. That's where you get you know, your customers that are just over the moon yeah. uh, about the product. And, and then we've gotten to know them so well. We're excited for them, right? When we see their press release come out that says they've grown or they made an acquisition or something good happened to them, we're like, oh, like, like we legitimately feel happy about it, not just, oh, wow, it looks like they've grown. I wonder if we can, you know, sell them more licenses or I wonder if that's a good opportunity for us. It's more like that's awesome that they're winning. You know, you, you genuinely, uh, you know, feel some empathy and kinship with them. So, anyway, that's my. Uh, it's a. It's not a. It's not a business book. That's uh, a great book. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'll definitely, definitely have to check that out. So let's just say person, company, business, they've, they've never heard of you before, but I want to hear more. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. If I want to get a hold of uh, a serious insight or I want to get a hold of you personally, what's the best way for people to find you? Yeah, I'm certainly on LinkedIn, so feel free to, to shoot me a message there. Uh, you know, Brandon Bruce and, and the company is Serious Insight. You can also hit me by email, brandon at seriousinsight.com. And I and the rest of the team here are, are very accessible. So hit us through the website. We'll schedule a time to chat uh, or shoot us an email or a chat. And then certainly, if anyone finds themselves uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee, come by the office. You can enjoy you know, lunch with the company. Or if you're in Irvine in Southern California, uh, same, I'll, I'll make the same offer on behalf of Ryan and our engineering team there. 
uh, swing by. They're a good group. We've got ping pong tables in both offices. We take our ping pong pretty seriously. And uh, so we're happy to host you and, and uh, you know, get a game in. What is that about like software? So I, I've, I've been to a couple, you know, a couple of my previous company software providers um, location. And that was always how we saw a ping pong table. Is that like is that pretty much like whenever like you draw up like your like your your business plan? It's like, all right, you know, here's the market. Here's where we're going to play. Here's how we're, this is, here's how we're going to win. And by the way, we have to have a ping pong table. Is, is that is that is that a requirement? I think so. I think it's like an architectural drawing. <laughs> you start with a ping pong table and then you build the building around it. If it doesn't fit, then it's, you don't have to get rid of the table. You got to get rid of the building. Nice. Um, no, it's funny, man. I grew up playing a lot of ping pong with my brother. So we had big dock down, drag out matches, you know, all growing up through school. And, um, but yes, it is kind of a cultural thing, right? For, for software and tech companies to have the obligatory ping pong table in the room. We recently moved offices though. And so, we, we made what I'll call an upgrade. So previously we had a ping pong table that doubled as a conference table. Nice. Now we've, we, we've changed gears and now it's an actual conference table that doubles as a ping pong table, <laughs> which is to say it looks and functions more like a conference table, but there's a little net that you can pop up and it's got our logo on it and you can knock out a game of ping pong. Nice. Very nice. All right. So aside from ping pong, any final words of wisdom for our listeners, any kind of final thoughts you'd want to share? Oh, shoot. Good question. Have, have, have fun with it. If you're out there, you know, in the game as, as an entrepreneur or business owner, salesperson, uh, you know, all of us know it's a tremendous amount of work, but, but it is fun. I mean, if we step back, uh, I think it's fair to say, you know, what else would we rather be doing? Um, the hustle is part of the attraction to the whole thing. So yeah, for, for anybody listening, keep doing it. Awesome. Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you, Brandon. We definitely, definitely appreciate having you on. Absolutely. Thanks again. wraps things up for this episode and wanted to remind you guys that you can always find show notes at pushpullsales.com. You can also connect with us on social media. We are at pushpullsales on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can reach out to us anytime if you have feedback or topic suggestions or want to be a guest on the show. You can simply email us pushpullsales at gmail.com. You can also support our show at patreon.com slash pushpullsales. Thank you to bensound.com for our intro and outro music. And thanks to you guys for listening. Tune in next time where we'll tackle another topic. See ya.